You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are filled with some LSU talk. Uh, We will talk a little bit about the Saints draft, just go over who they got Talk about value, but we will be talking more about personnel with the Saints later on. I really want to focus on LSU for this draft as basketball is shaping up to finish out a 2019 recruiting class as Will Wade is back. Uh, Will Wade's been reinstated. The addition of Scott Woodward, uh, who said he stands behind Wade until uh, there is reason not to. And so far, it seems like with everything with the trial and what has uh, corresponded from there, it looks like Wade will be at LSU for years to come unless the NCAA decides to open something up and uh, to what degree the FBI will give NCAA their investigation. Um, I, I think Wade will be all right. Also, you've seen in the past, the NCAA doesn't like to mess with uh, what is going on with payment of players. It seems like these bigger universities, they kind of just ignore it. You know, there's a the trial that Wade was involved with. Uh, they've been talking about paying guys like Zion and big universities, Duke, UNC, Kansas, etc. cetera. Uh, and not to mention the football programs that were mentioned, the likes of Alabama being one of them. Uh, we're in this program in this trial where they talked about paying players. But this week we have a special guest as Billy Embody from go247sports.com is joining us to talk not only about uh, Will Wade, Scott Woodward, but recruiting uh, in terms of basketball as we are looking forward to seeing where guys like Trenton Watford go and Lester Kinones uh, or Kinones. He knows, however you say it, uh, uh, Billy has a correct pronunciation in our interview. But without further ado, let's get into the interview. would like to welcome our guest today as Billy Embody of 247 Sp- uh, Sports is joining us over at Go247. Billy, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. So uh, you were at the Scott Woodward uh, presser yesterday, if uh, I'm correct, right? Oh, yeah. What were your thoughts about his comments yesterday and what he can do for the athletics program as a whole going forward? I just thought it was very forward thinking. I mean, everything from fan engagement to sports gambling to uh, fundraising, um, how he evaluates coaches. I mean, he was just, uh, he was really candid. He was really passionate and um, somebody that I think LSU fans uh, have and, and will embrace right away. Well, looking at the basketball program, uh, Wade gets uh, reinstated. Um, you, you saw Woodward's comments yesterday that he is standing behind Wade until he has a reason not to. But looking at recruiting, how has everything that's been going on with Wade affected recruiting in this cycle? Well, I think it's uh, just made it a little bit cloudier. Uh, you, you had guys that for so long were top targets and um, that you felt like LSU was in a really good spot for, like, Trend in Watford, like Lester Keonis and guys like that. And, you know, once Will was suspended, it, it just kind of threw everything up in the air and it allowed other schools a chance to come in and, and uh, get in the mix for official visits and, and get in the mix to, to land these guys. And so it's, it's just caused a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. And uh, even as, you know, guys like Lester and, and Trendon get close to setting 
um, for Trendon setting a decision date, and then for Lester as he nears his decision date, May 10th, it just uh, just a lot of uncertainty now. Uh, do you think LSU is still trying to focus on those two guys? I know Bill Armstrong was big in their recruitment, and you know he's, he was there even when Wade was suspended. Do you think that LSU is going to continue focusing on those guys or maybe hit a transfer market or look for some other prospects? Oh, yeah, both of those guys are, are still uh, top targets and, and ones that they're still pushing for. And, and now how that plays out and how that looks, uh, you know, by the time it's all said and done will be interesting. But, you know, it's uh, it's something where I think they will probably look into the transfer market. But right now in the next, you know, two weeks, really, they'll, they'll have a good idea as to whether or not they'll be able to, to get these guys and if they will uh, get these guys. So they'll they'll – they'll move on from there. I think once they get that kind of figured out without looking, who's coming to this team next year, just looking at guys that could be staying, uh, even if they're going to the NBA, uh, draft process, not counting Nas and Tremont, who I think we can all suspect are gone. Looking at guys like Emmett Williams, Devontae smart. What can you expect in their second year in college basketball and what type of progression should we be looking for? I think the player with the biggest amount of, uh, potential to have a big jump is, is Darius days. He's got such a high basketball IQ and, and you saw it in spurts last year where he would, you know, make big plays and make threes and rebound the ball really well. And then there are other times where he got foul trouble and he really, I think it kind of hurt the team, but there really, there hasn't been a more, uh, I believe, uh, offensive, uh, the efficient, uh, freshman, uh, since like 2004 for LSU than, than Darius days. And so that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what he can do when he's on the floor. Uh, it's just a matter of him staying out there um, longer and, and, and being able to contribute on a, on a more, more regular, regular basis. But he's um, yeah, he's the one I'm eyeing the most. Obviously Javante smart will have a bigger role next year as he, you know, I think um, you know, navigates this draft process, getting some feedback and then um, you know, certainly, certainly will take over a bigger role as a, as a point guard with him and, and him and Skylar Mays expected back. Uh, those are two to really watch. And then Emmett Williams, he plays so hard. He's just got to channel that the, the right way. And, and in a way that, um, you know, helps the team. He certainly uh, is, is one of the team's best rebounders now for sure without Nas there and Cavell Bigby Williams, but he's just got to kind of, um, you know, figure it out and, and put the whole, put the whole thing together. We talked about Emmett, uh, and we talked to him about Watford. If he does come to LSU, or even if he doesn't, will LSU be looking for a rim protector since Big B. Williams will no longer be in the center of the defense? Yeah, I, I, for sure. I mean, that's something that I think they've got to have in this league, and something that they, um, you know, had in, in Cavell Big B. Williams, and and who who that is, and and kind of what it looks like is very very up in the air. But they're going to be working the transfer market and and uh, Juco and, and all of that to try and try and figure that out. Cause it's a must in today's league. And um, there's so many good bigs in, in the SEC that you've got to have one of those or else you're just going to get pounded inside. Uh, looking at the two guys that are already signed in the class, James Bishop and Charles Manning, what can we expect for them to contribute next season? Yeah, James Bishop will be an interesting case because you, you lose Tremont waters and really they had that three point guard lineup at times last year. And, so he could theoretically fit into that a little bit more, um, but I don't know necessarily if he'll be able to command the minutes that you know any of the three guys did last year. 
but he's, he's, he's somebody that they really love. He's a scorer. He's physical. Uh, he can defend. He plays really hard. Um, he's still, I've been growing at the, uh, you know, a, a real point guard like mentality, but um, he's somebody that'll have to play a lot. And then Charles Manning is going to be similar to Marlon Taylor, except maybe a little bit more um, of a, of a true shooting guard rather than, rather than a wing. Uh, he's, he's uh, Marlon has a couple inches on him, but he's super athletic and defend still developing his three point shot, but uh, he's, he, he had a really strong year this year um, in junior college. And so he'll, he'll, theoretically be able to step in right away. And he's got some athleticism too, which you, you have to have in the SEC. Look at the SEC as a whole, adding multiple top level talent coaches. Is the SEC considered one of the best conferences in terms of coaching now in college basketball? Yeah, I think so. And, and people have realized that over the last two years, I mean, they had a really strong year sending, sending teams to the NCAA tournament a year ago. And then they followed that up with, with an unbelievable year and, and, and two final four teams and, um, you know, three to the elite eight, I'm pretty sure it might've been four, but, um, just a really, really strong year for the league. And there's so many good coaches that continue to just challenge each other day in and day out. And I mean, you can go to Auburn, to Tennessee, to Kentucky, to LSU. And, and, um, it's just really impressive what the league has put together and, and anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Well, switching sports over to football, looking at the recruiting there for 2020, it seems like LSU has been able to go outside of state lines and have a lot of success. Talk about the job that Bill Bush has done. He's kind of been like a silent killer in the night with getting some of these kids. Yeah, he's he's been getting a ton of credit, credit and rightfully so, on the recruiting trail. He's gotten LSU in position to land a lot of kids, and as, as – um, you know, you could talk a lot about the guys that are already on board and, and, and even dating back to Siaki Aika back in the early signing period and, and getting him on board. But uh, as official visit season continues to heat up, I mean, he's got some guys that are that are very much interested in LSU and, and ones that they very well could land uh, when it's all said and done. When you talk about some of these national guys being interested in LSU, what does that say about the overall brand of LSU football and what Ogeron is doing by not just relying on the state for top level talent. I think uh, I was really settled in well to his, to uh, you know what he is, which is a their national recruit uh, recruiting staff. I mean, with, with with what they've assembled as a coaching staff. I mean, you can you can point to the in state players, and those are guys that they certainly have to land on a regular basis. But especially in this cycle, they felt like, look, we can go out of state and get a lot of kids and. And they've embraced that. And I think that's just more a, a credit to O settling in and, and knowing that he has a chance to really build a special class. And if that means going out of state to do it, then he's going to do it. And he has. Looking at a couple of kids uh, that are looking forward to this camp season to maybe jump in rankings, whether they be in-state guys, but overall guys LSU has uh, interest in, who are some names we should be watching out for big leaps this summer? I think somebody like Jacoby and Guillory, uh, he's, he's somebody that as a nose tackle can be limited a little bit in terms of his ranking, but he's a, I mean, a very, very, very good power lifter. He's, he's, um, he moves so well. He's always impressed in the camp setting, but we just wanted to see him show a little bit more explosiveness at times. And so he's somebody that, that could um, certainly get a jump. Jaquel and Roy could, continue to jump up into the ranks and he's already a solid top 100 prospect out of UI. Um, Coy Moore, who's a wide receiver out of Rummel could, 
could jump back up into the top two, four, seven is, is testing numbers, um, you know, kind of, uh, I think quieted a little bit of some of the concerns, you know, in terms of, uh, speed is straight line speed, but his, his lateral agility is still something that, um, could hold him back at the next level. His shuttle is just not, I mean, just, it's just not on a, um, uh, a high, high, high elite, elite level, uh, that it needs to be to, to, uh, normally have success in at the, at the next level. Um, but he's played very well on the seven on seven circuit, which he has for many years now. He, uh, he's somebody that could get a little bit of a bump in camp season, but it's going to come down to his senior year and what he does and the production, uh, he puts together at Rummel. Um, but he's somebody that, that has just continued to impress during the camp season. Um, yeah, those are kind of three that come to mind for me that, that we'll be watching very closely. Do you expect TJ Finley to progress any more this summer? You know, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how TJ progresses because his he's he's impressed in um, in, a, in in ways in on the camp circuit. You know, when there's not pressure, when there's not somebody rushing in his face, and and all of this, I mean, it, it's very easy to just kind of look at him and say, okay, he's a six-six quarterback with a big arm. But when you break down his mechanics, his mechanics just—they need work, and they've got to become more consistent. And his football, his footwork is something that that um, that really needs a lot of work. And and then when it comes to the game situation, I mean, I know he doesn't have a ton of talent at Ponchatoula, but I mean, there, you know, there there's some throws that that he probably wants to have back and, and those throws that he wants to have back are, are ones that are holding it back from being a, being an elite level quarterback, because, you know, a lot of guys can throw a 70 yard bomb. I mean, that it's just, you know, the, the today's day and age of big, big arm quarterbacks, they can do that, but you know, to, to consistently throw the intermediate routes with accuracy and do all those things. And it's just something that he has to just continue to develop and really thrive at. Well, y'all make sure y'all follow Billy Embody over on Twitter at Billy Embody. Billy, what do y'all have going on with camp season coming up? Oh man, I mean, we'll be out there for for all the camps, and uh, you know, the one thing that that's going on right now is spring football is starting to heat up. So we'll be getting out, watching a lot of spring practices, going to a lot of scrimmages. I'll be um, going through Texas here and there a little bit uh, to see some of LSU's uh, commits and and guys over the next month, really, and then. You know, popping back and forth between Baton Rouge and there and, and New Orleans. So um, we'll have a lot of coverage from, from spring football, and then that all leads into LSU's busy, especially start of June. They've got a few camps coming up, so we'll be out there covering all of it. Well, we are looking forward to seeing what y'all put out there. Thank you, Billy, for giving us some of your time today. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Once again, we'd like to thank Billy Embody for giving us some of his time today. Make sure y'all follow him at Billy Embody on Twitter. Um, and check out Go247Sports. I know they've got uh, a lot of coverage going on with camp season and NBA uh, and uh, college basketball recruiting coming up. Uh, to talk about baseball, um, LSU takes the series against Alabama. A little drama as the bases were loaded. Up one, um, LSU shuts the door on Bama to take the series. They now sit at 13-8 and eight in conference play with three series in the SEC left to go. It's exams week, so no mid midweek game, uh, which may be a good thing or not. But it looks like LSU is starting to get healthy as you see Gavin Dugas back. Landon Marceau pitched five innings on Sunday. Um, it looks like he's coming into form, and most impressive was Eric Walker. 
through I think 105 pitches, uh, very good command of his pitches, and you saw what you uh, similar things from Walker this weekend that you saw his freshman year. Um, the lineup is starting to fill out. You're starting to get more consistent at bats from guys. Sal Garza is seeing the ball better. Like I said, Duga is in there. The Giacomo has been hitting the ball well, and whenever he gets a hit. Um, he, he's a threat on the base paths and, and you have your four to five guys you feel comfortable with at the plate um, or also hitting the ball well and Smith, Watson, Duplantis, Reed, Cabrera. Uh, those guys are seeing the ball well, they're hitting the ball. And so LSU gets set for a weekend series against Ole Miss. Looking at the West standings, which are important um, because I think that is LSU's path to a national seat is winning the West or, or maybe in a world where they come in second uh, could be a possibility for a national seed as well. Depends on how many they want to give to the SEC. Uh, Vanderbilt on the East is on fire right now. They're 15 and six in conference, um, and 34 and nine overall. Georgia sits at 13 and eight as well. So in the West, uh, Arkansas sits at 15 and six, and you have three teams at 13 and eight. Mississippi State, which LSU took two or three at state. Ole Miss, which LSU plays this weekend. Um, and LSU. So what LSU needs to do to to get that national seed, it looks like, is they need to go this weekend at home against Ole Miss. Um, we will find out later today. We have not. I have not seen anything as of now. I'm checking Twitter real quick um, about Paul Maneri talking to media. Usually he is talking uh, talk to them by now. But um, from all reports, it seems like Cole Henry will be pitching this weekend. He threw twice. Um I saw Nolan, uh, Nolan Kane was on off the bench this morning, said that he felt great after pitching twice or throwing the ball around twice this weekend. So it looks like uh, Cole Henry will be moving into that Friday night slot after you saw what Hess did on Friday. Did not look good against Alabama as LSU lost that Friday game last weekend. Uh, but it looks like maybe Hess will be returning to the bullpen. Uh, what that means yet to be seen, but Cole Henry has looked like an ace. So I think he gives you the best chance in that Friday night game. And when you win that first game, it's a lot easier to win a series. And with series against Ole Miss at Arkansas and against Auburn uh, coming up, LSU is going to have to go out, win that first game, and then they have a good shot in the second and third game uh, with guys like uh, Marceau and Walker if they pitch well. So uh, this weekend is pivotal. Uh, pivotal. Uh, Ole Miss not known for their arms this year. They're not pitching – too well but they are hitting the heck out of the ball so you're going to need Cole Henry to be dominant if he pitches on Friday as well as Walker on Saturday and Marsha is going to have to give you five to six quality innings uh moving guy like Hess to the bullpen gives you a guy that can go three four innings if need be but you like him at the end of your uh into your bullpen because when he rears back and he is going for an inning or two he can really get that fastball mid to upper 90s, uh, and the movement on his fastball is incredible. So I'm looking forward to seeing what LSU does against Ole Miss. I know they uh, play a little bit better at home with that home crowd behind them. So, I mean, let's see if LSU can go out, shock Ole Miss, get a sweep. Uh, that would be huge. Look, I'm looking at that Auburn series. Auburn's run out of all their pitching uh, with due to injuries. They're sitting at 10 and 11 in conference. And, and you hope that's a series you can sweep, but you can't rely on that because Alabama looked like a sweepable series, and you didn't do that while Arkansas goes out and sweeps Tennessee um, and, and sits at 15 and 6. Uh, Mississippi State swept Georgia. 
which puts them at 13 and 8. So LSU has a tiebreaker with State. If they can go out, win two or three from Ole Miss, Arkansas, and then let's say sweep uh, Auburn, they will sit at. Um, they'll they'll be able to sit at 20 and 10 in SEC play, which to me is a national seed. Probably wins the West, but uh, you're gonna have to get some help from teams like uh, A and M, who plays Arkansas. Um, or they do not. Yeah, they do. They play Arkansas the last weekend. Uh, and Arkansas plays Kentucky this weekend. That should be a sweep for Arkansas. State, on the other hand, plays A&M. So you're going to need A&M to win one or two of those series against State and Arkansas. Uh, and then State faces Ole Miss and South Carolina uh, to close the season out. But um, baseball, you're kind of where you want to be, you know, thinking about injuries and everything that's happened. Uh, it could be a lot worse. They still have a chance to win the SEC West, win the SEC overall, and move into a national seed, which I think is the goal. Um, you kind of flop these last three weekends, and you may not even be hosting a regional. So LSU is going to have to win all three series, um, you know, to get to that national seed, and probably win two or three to get that regional host site. But uh, lots to take in. Uh, talking about uh, the Saints, just to close out real quick. Saints had a pretty good draft. You know, Saints didn't have that many. Um, draft picks this year which was um you know something that we looked at going into the draft when we talked to Mike D and, and you know you thought maybe Saints would go tight end wide receiver safety they go to, at center uh with their first pick in the second round they move up they grab Eric McCoy who was a first round great guy um he is a talented guy he is a plug and play some people had him as the best center other second best, but he is a guy that's going to come in and, and from the looks of it, be your starting center for the next 10 years. What does that do to the offensive line? Who knows? Where does Pete go? Uh, does Pete start, or do you think that the guy you brought in from the Vikings will be your starter, and maybe Pete is your senior Calamente this year, and, and you're okay with moving on from him after? Um, their second pick in the draft, they got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who was a top probably 50 guy, um, in the fourth round, which, which is an excellent grab. Uh, he's going to be that third safety in your third, three safety sets. He can play nickel and dime uh, and cover in the slot. I think he was a steal as well as McCoy. I, I think both of those guys were excellent draft picks. Um, not sure about the safety that they drafted after as much. Uh, Saquon Hampton out of Rutgers, what does he bring? He's a special teams guy at most. Um, does he crack the crack his a spot in that special teams roster? Look, you paid Justin Hardy, you paid Chris Banjo, and, and you paid Craig Robertson to be your special teams guys, uh, as well as Vince Beagle. So, does he make it on special teams? I don't know. But the other two guys, I think, have a better shot at making the the team. Elise Mack, a very talented, athletic tight end who had a really good year. Some people had him pretty high on their board in terms of tight ends. Others, middle of the pack. Uh, they got him really late with a 231st pick. Thought that was a great value pick there. And then they close out by drafting Caden uh, Ellis. He is an outside linebacker over from Idaho. He also played multiple positions. Uh, he, he's caught touchdowns. He scored uh, in multiple ways. So, look, I think the Saints had a good draft, especially with their first two picks and that tight end pick. Um, and I look at a couple of people they picked in uh, in the undrafted free agency market um to, to look to make some impact you know people will have the opportunity to make the team at the end of the day and um 
you know, there's not that many roster spots, but these UDFAs, there are a few that I think have a chance to get um, to make it. Uh, Granderson, Carl Granderson, I think he has a good shot, um, as well as Lil Jordan from Texas. So those are two guys to watch out for. Maybe even getting a third running back, maybe a Darnell Holland, uh, as the Saints usually carry three, and I don't think they like their third running back right now. But that's something to see, something to watch, as OTAs are about to start minicamp, and then we get into training camp come the end of July. Uh, so it is about to get into that stretch where we just talked about baseball, maybe a little NBA playoffs, although the Pelicans are not in it. Uh, looks like the Celtics are right on track. I know Lyndon's big on them. I am big on the Celtics as well. And the better the Celtics do, the better it will be for the Pelicans in the long run because I think that means that Kyrie stays. And then you get a very favorable trade as they look to build a team around Kyrie, uh, Gordon Hayward, and Anthony Davis. I think you can get a lot more value if Kyrie's still there. But for Billy Embody, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Watch some baseball as LSU gets set to take on uh, Ole Miss this weekend. Watch some basketball as the NBA second round is coming to a begin. And um, we look forward to talking to y'all next week. We'll have Josh on again, talk some recruiting as LSU did pick up a big commit uh, from a receiver out of D.C. Um, they got the number – I'm trying to think of where he is sitting – I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but um, LSU sits with the number one class overall right now. They got a commit from Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, he is the number three receiver in the country. Uh, LSU with uh, three guys, actually four guys in the top 50, um, and they could be adding more as uh, news is swirling around about a safety from Arizona could be committing soon. Um, we will see if that happens. I know that was all over the radio this morning that uh, people are looking at Latham Ransom out of Arizona to commit next. Um, so we shall see if he does or not. But he was there this weekend. So, um, you know, like I said, lots of exciting things going over in Baton Rouge right now and in New Orleans with the Saints as well. But for Billy Embody, once again, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week, and as always, God bless.